Welcome to the November 1st sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Psalms 39, verse 3, and Acts 18, verse 51. And the sermon is entitled, When the Desire to Quit Hits, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. We're ready to get into the Word of God. And I have to ask you the question I ask you every time that I approach this pulpit and His Holy Word. Did you come to church today expecting something from the Lord? Amen? I hope you did. Uh, but today, we want to center our minds uh, on one question, one thought. And that is this. When the desire to quit hits, what do we do? How do we act? What are our options? And on today, I want you to know that in thinking over the past couple of weeks, listening to Pastor Clyde last week and, and understanding how easy it is to become comfortable in the days and how worship has changed, my heart retreats to the book of Jeremiah. I want you to know that. Jeremiah is one of my favorite Old Testament books. And I think... We're getting back to the days that Jeremiah was in. Jeremiah, as many of you know, was a man who preached for 40 years and never ever had one person follow. How discouraging that could be. But no one wanted to hear the message of God. And I want you to know today, church, that the world is retreating to those same standards. They do not want to hear anything about Jesus. They don't want to hear anything about sin. They don't want to hear anything about the cross. And they definitely don't want to hear anything about the blood of Jesus. And so we've got to be careful. Over the last couple of weeks, I have retreated to the book of Jeremiah. And I've grown to understand his frustration of leading and no one listening and everyone complaining and just being frustrated. I want to ask you a question today. Have you ever been frustrated with God? I think honestly every one of us can shake our heads yes at that. We have been frustrated. But here is the question of the day. When the desire to stop or the desire to quit comes along, what do we do? Today, you're going to get three options. You're going to have three examples. As I step out something that I normally do, I will jump around in the Bible a little bit today. So you have to follow me uh, as we jump around. And I want you to follow me and pay attention. When the desire to quit hits, the first point today is this. Do we quit preaching? Do we quit preaching? preaching. Jeremiah chapter 20, that's the first stop as we get into our Bibles today. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse number 9. Here's what the beginning of that verse says. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more of his name. This is Jeremiah talking about the name of God. That he's not going to mention it again. That he's not going to speak it again. I don't know if anybody here has been that frustrated. But I want to give you a little bit of background that leads to Jeremiah's frustration. And you have to stay with me because it's good. 
Pashur was a, a, a priest of the day. But he was also the chief of the temple police of the day. And so he had a lot of power. But the thing about Pashur is he did not like the doom and gloom message of Jeremiah and what he bought. Jeremiah's message was that of destruction. That that would, if people would not turn to God, they would be destroyed. And so Pashur did not like that. And in the beginning of chapter 20, you can see that and you can follow along. So what does he do? As the chief of the temple police, he takes Jeremiah and he beats him first. And then the second thing that he does is he puts him in stocks or he puts him in jail for one day. And I want you to know, this got Jeremiah's attention in a bad way. He becomes frustrated with God because he's doing everything that God has told him to do. And this is what is happening. This is what you give me, God. As soon as he's let go, he turns to the man that locked him up. And he calls him a terror to the people. He also tells him that he's going to die by the sword. So Jeremiah's not making any friends. But let me tell you. Some of you may already know this. The word of God is not meant to make friends. It's to speak truth. And that's what Jeremiah is doing in a very harsh and hard way. He is speaking the truth. And as he does that, he's thrown in jail. We see that as he, as he is living his life trying to follow God, trying to pursue God, trying to do the right thing, he feels that people are mocking him, they're scorning him, they're, they're, they're committing to violence against him, and they're throwing him in jail. So Jeremiah is frustrated. How quickly he has forgotten the call on his life. Jeremiah chapter 1. Here's the promise that God gives to Jeremiah when he calls him. You can turn there if you want to, but you listen. Verses 18 and 19 of chapter 1. Here is the promise that God makes Jeremiah. For behold, I have made thee this day a defensed city, an iron pillar, a brazen wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against you, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, says the Lord, to deliver you. God had made Jeremiah a promise that I'm going to be with you and there's nothing out there that will harm you or hurt you or that will come against you. You will stand as an iron pillar for me. But it doesn't say that he had to stand alone. Jeremiah was waiting for all the help to show up, but he had to rest and, 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 and depend on God in these days. But the frustration builds in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. And the first part of that verse says, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Jeremiah very quickly says this, I quit. I quit. I'm not going to mention you, God. I'm not going to speak your name, God. And for Jeremiah, the frustration has taken over. And it's, it's gone from his thoughts now to his actions. 
And that's where we get in trouble, Christian. When frustration takes over our actions, we get in trouble. Have you been frustrated this week? Have you been frustrated the past month? Or how about this year? Have you been frustrated? Absolutely we have. I want you to know that from this side of the pulpit, it's frustrating these days. I can't speak from the other, for the other pastors, but for me, it's frustrating. A church that was once filled, now sparsely empty. People scared to come, and I don't blame them. But do we quit? The answer is no, we do not. We're frustrated, yes, but we are here to depend on God and seek His leading in these days. How about frustration in other areas of your life? Maybe you're frustrated with the way church is being run. You're frustrated with maybe a deacon or Sunday school teacher. And so the easiest thing is just to quit. Maybe it's a committee. Maybe it's the choir. Maybe it's Sunday school. Maybe it's church altogether. The easiest thing to do is to walk out those doors and never come back. But be careful, I warn you of this. As frustrated as Jeremiah was, he was about to step out the will of God. And that's a dangerous place to be. If you walk out of those doors and you quit Clifford Baptist Church, you better make sure you're in the will of God. What about your job? What about your boss? Or the stress of your job? Or being asked to do things that are not in your job description so it's easy just to, just to walk away from the job. Find something else to do. I'll quit my job. What about your marriage? There are some people that believe a lie. It's easier just to be done with it. What about your kids? I stand here today and I've seen people walk out on their kids. And as serious as this is going, I tell you today, there are some people that have walked out on life altogether. And have chosen the easy way out of ending it all. I stand here to tell you that I've been at the funeral on this side of that frustration. And it's frustrating to me to see that happen. When frustration goes from your thoughts to your actions, there's no telling the road that you will travel, that Satan will lead you on to get you away from the will of God. Whether it's leaving your church, leaving your marriage, or leaving life altogether. Satan seeks to destroy you. And the easiest thing is to say, I quit. And you think you're doing the right thing. Go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah says, I'm quitting the ridicule. I'm quitting the frustration. I'm quitting the beatings. I'm quitting jail. I'm, I'm quitting it all. But if Jeremiah quits, he steps out of that will of God. 
which would and could mean his life. I want you to know that I'm grateful that Jeremiah 20, verse 9, continues on. You see that three-letter word right in the middle of it says, but, right? But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. How many of us will let the fire of Christ burn and live and, and flow through us to this world. Today as I think about Jeremiah. There was a fire that burned in his bones. And he says I cannot hold it back. I want to quit. But the fire will not let me. It would cause me more pain. More hurt. More sorrow. If I kept the good word of God inside of me than to stand here and preach and take the beatings and take the scorning and take the ridicule. I would die if I kept it to myself. Today, I want to ask you a question as we think about Jeremiah. Have you ever been frustrated enough to say, I'm quitting it all? We've got to remember the promises of God. And as that fire burns, here's what God's word says. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And we've forgotten that. We have forgotten that. As you walk into the world, you're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be made fun of. You're going to be the laughing stock. Teenagers, you're not going to be popular. If you stand for Christ, you will not. But will you let the fire burn? Point number one today is when the desire to quit hits. Do we quit preaching? The answer is absolutely not. Point number two. Psalm 39. Go there in your Bible if you will. We've learned a little bit about Jeremiah. Now we go to David. And we see David in in Psalm 39. He has found himself in a place in life where there is no help. But listen to me, there is hope because he has the Lord. There's no help, but there's hope if he trusts in the Lord. Psalm 39, verse 1, it says this. I said I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good. And while my sorrow was stirred, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing or meditating, the fire burned. Then I spake with my tongue. When the desire to quit hits, point number two today is this. Do we quit speaking? Do we quit telling the wonderful stories of Jesus? Do we quit praying? Anybody that knows me, uh, my mom was here in the earlier service. I think I might have got an amen from her on this point. But anybody knows me, my wife is here now, she'll give you another one. Knows this, when Jeffrey gets frustrated, when Jeffrey gets mad, Jeffrey shuts down. 
I don't want to be around you. I don't want to talk to you. Just leave me alone. I have my own little pity party with myself. She's laughing over there and she knows it's true. David has gone quiet. He is in a dark place. Quiet for some people is a dark place. He's gone quiet here. And all the sin and everything that is around him has brought him to this point. I'm just going to keep my mouth quiet. Let me ask you a couple questions to relate this point. Have you ever felt like that you can't talk to somebody about their sin because of your sin? So you keep your mouth quiet. Have you thought that your words could be twisted and turned and misused so it's best just to not say anything? Or maybe uh, you are scared to say the wrong thing. I'm, I've been approached, I know I need to say something, but, but, but I might say the wrong thing and, and offend somebody with the name of Christ, so I'll stay quiet. Or maybe, just maybe, You throw up, I don't know what to say, so I'll just be quiet. Whatever the situation, in our own wisdom, we think the best answer is no answer. Silence could be the best answer. And as David thought about it, and as David prayed about it, I want you to see that fire burned. Verse number 3 says, my heart was hot within me. While I was meditating, the fire burned. It's amazing what God can do if we come to Him. He will stoke the embers of that fire. And that's what He does to David. As David, uh, as his fire is stoked, he said, then I spake I with my tongue. Friends today, Sometime in our own understanding. You know that Bible verse that says, lean not on your own understanding? When we lean on our own understanding, we think we've got it right, but we're totally wrong. But as you think about the wisdom, the wisdom that we have is not always right. You know, as I wrote this down, Uh, I thought back to the times that I thought I should have spoken, I didn't. The times I thought back of people that I went to school with and people that I grew up with and people that I work with today when I should have said something and I didn't. I kept my mouth closed for whatever reason because I thought it was the right answer and it was totally wrong. At 38 years old, I wish I could have those chances back. But I want you to know this. Praise God that the fire still burns. I want you to know that I've reached the age, and I've told my wife this, that my filter is going. I don't know what age that was, but I like to be the nice guy. Don't cause any riffles. Or The filter is going. I want you to know this. But I want you to know that my filter for God is, is going to To the extent I want you to know that I've grown and I'm learning that I've got to the age where I think I would rather be rejected for Christ 
and responsible for not speaking. I'm going to let that sit in for a second. I'd rather be rejected for what I say about Christ than responsible for not speaking. That carries a lot of weight. David says in verse number 7 of chapter 39, he says this, And now, Lord, what wait I for? Do you see that? Why, why am I quiet? The end of that verse says this, My hope is in Thee. Christ was the source of all protection and all hope that He would offer everybody that He, was, he, would, he would come in contact to. Here's what Jeffrey believes. I believe that David was fearful for his life. And so he kept his mouth shut. And in doing so, he didn't speak for the Lord when he need, needed to. Today, let me ask you this. Do you think silence is the answer? When the desire to quit hits you, it's silence the right answer. Do we remain silent? I would argue absolutely not. Point number three takes us to the book of Acts, chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, verses 5 and 6. And point number three is this. When the desire to quit hits, do we trust that God will work? This is where we want to be. This is how we want to look at it. And we look at the life of Paul. In Acts chapter 18, verse 5 and 6, here's what it says. And when Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook at his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go into the Gentiles. As Paul reaches Corinth, God surrounds him with some very good and godly people. Aquila and Priscilla are two of those, as well as we're introduced to Silas and Timothy in verse number 5. I, I, I just want to tell you, just as I said that, I sang a little jingle growing up, Paul and Silas thrown in jail. That just popped in my mind. I don't know where, where that's going, but anyway, I'm not going to sing it for you. But Paul carried out, Paul carried out a very godly action. As he was pressed into the Spirit, his chief ministry was to the Jewish people of the day. He wanted so bad for the Jewish people to accept Jesus as their Messiah. And they weren't having it. The same problem still exists today. The Jewish people will not accept him for the most part as the Messiah. But here's what happened. The harder that Paul preached and the more that he pursued them, they put up a wall, a defense, a battle wall, would you say. You see the word in verse, uh, verse number 6, when they opposed themselves... That's a battle term for they built a, a, a fortified wall against him. And they were pushing back. But they played dirty. They pushed back against him as if going to war. And they threw out language. They blasphemed the name of God. And they blasphemed Paul. Now look, you can say anything about me that you want to. It's not going to hurt my feelings. 
right? I'm ugly, okay, I don't care. Talk about my bald head, I don't talk about my singing, I don't care. But don't talk about my God. That's where Paul was. Paul was offended, but he also knew that the name of Jesus was under attack. And in verse number, uh, in verse number 6, it says, And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment unto them. So here's what he did. He dusted off his coat. You remember Jesus did this, but he done it with his shoes. When people would not receive the message, he dusted the dust off his shoes and he moved on. Paul does the same thing with his coat. He dusts it off. And he said, okay, Jewish people, I'm moving on. And verse number 6 says that by his own hands, his hands were clean. From henceforth I will go into the Gentiles. And this is funny how God works. Listen to me. Stay with me. I'm almost done. It's funny how God works. God put him... And a house. Look at verse uh, number 7. It says, He departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice. One that worshipped God. But look where his house is located. It's right next to the Jewish synagogue. So he moves even closer to the Jewish people. Verse number 8 introduces us to a man by the name of Crispus. The chief ruler of the synagogue. Do you see that? He is the leader of the Jewish people. And look what happens in verse 8. And Christmas, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his house. Amen. When the Jewish people wouldn't listen, God moved him a little bit closer. And he took the leader of the Jews and, and it allowed him to hear the gospel message. And it changed his life. And not only did it change his life, it changed his house's life. And not only did it change the people in his house, the end of verse number 8 it says, And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Paul could have walked away when nobody listened. When they pushed back, he could have quit. But no. Verse number 5 says he was Pressed, he was compelled by the Spirit of God. When the desire to quit hits, will you trust God to move, to work? I want you to know as I see how God has changed these lives of everybody around Paul, I'm praying that he changes people's lives around me. And then here's the promise in, in that uh, chapter 18, verse 9. It says, the Lord spoke, uh, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid, but what? Speak. But speak and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall sit on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Church, as I boil it down, we see three heroes of the faith. Three men of God. Brought to the point of frustration in ministry. Ready to quit. 
ready to hang it all up, to throw in the towel, to be done. And I want you to know this. That's the cheap and easy way out. The cheap and the easy way out is to quit. Today, I don't know how this message is speaking to you, but maybe over the past few days, month, year, you thought about quitting something. Whether it be church, whether it be your marriage, whether it be your job, or whether it be life altogether, you've wanted to quit. Here's what I want you to know. God knows exactly where you are. A bit of warning. If you quit, make sure God is moving you, not you moving yourself. Make sure you stay in the will of God. Stepping outside could endanger you. From the Word of God, I believe that's the truth. But here's the question for everyone here to consider, as well as those that are watching to consider. That is this. Does the desire outweigh the fire? What do I mean by that? Does the desire to walk away from God outweigh the fire that burns inside? My prayer tonight, I don't care how young you are, and today I don't care how old you are. I pray that if you're a Christian, that fire still burns. Maybe today you need to rekindle that fire in a, in a special way. Here's what I'm going to do. As, as one of your pastors today, I'm going to open up this altar. And just because you walk forward, you're not saying, I'm quitting. You might be saying, God, rekindle the fire. Stoke the fire within me. That's my prayer. Friends, I want you to know, if I, got, if I quit every time I got frustrated, fr frustrated, I'd be long gone from Clifford, Virginia. From Amherst County. I'd be in the woods somewhere by myself, and y'all, phone gone, email address, you wouldn't know where I am. Church has made me think about that before. It made Jeremiah think about it. It made David think about it. It made Paul think about it. But who are we going to trust? Are we going to trust Satan and his deceitful lies and that desire to quit? Are we going to trust the fire of the Lord that burns from within? Today, do you need your fire rekindled? I want you to know something. If you come and you kneel before the Lord and ask Him to do it, I believe He will. Today, you may say, Jeffrey, my fire's just fine. Well, I'm glad for you. 2020 still got two months left. Y'all better hang on tight. I say that in a very jokingly way, but in a very serious way too. You do not know what tomorrow, tomorrow will bring to rain down on your fire. Will that bring you to the altar today? Say, God, continue to stoke it. Continue to be the reason that I pursue you and pursue others because of you.
Or maybe today that you haven't quit because you've never started. Maybe you don't know what that relationship with Christ looks like or feels like or should be. I want you to know that today that you need to get your heart right. Jeremiah said the word of the Lord was in my heart. That's where you've got to get the Lord. And as you put him there, he will stoke and kindle the fire of service for him. Today, what is the need of your heart? Quitting is not an option. Though we may have to minister differently, and church looks differently, and we're frustrated by that, the fire will burn. Today, as one of your pastors, that comes truly from my heart. Today, we want you to join us, to be in the process as we open up this altar. My prayer is this. If God is speaking, simply move. Come do business with Him. Go back to your seat. But don't let the frustration go from thought to action that pulls you from the will of God. Be careful. Today, praise God for the fire that burns. Let's pray. Father God, as we close this service today, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would move in this moment of invitation. Lord, I look out and I see good people, good Christian people. Lord, I know that probably in this midst of group of people, there's somebody that's frustrated. They're frustrated of what church looks like. They're frustrated because you're not answering. They're frustrated because you're not moving. They're frustrated. Maybe there's frustration in a marriage or a job. And oh God, have mercy on that one that is frustrated with life. Show them a better way. God, in this moment of invitation, we open it up to frustrated people. But people that want the fire to burn. God, today, if somebody needs you as Savior, we invite them to come down. And for you to move in and to change that one life. As you take away their sin give them a purpose for life Father in this moment of invitation we give it to you we pray that you move in the powerful name of Christ we pray Amen Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church please call our church office at 434-946-0555